0: All right. Uh, hey, everybody. I always mess that part up. <laughs> I'm always reading that when I'm doing the podcast hey. intro. Hey, everybody. All right. Uh, hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to episode, this is episode 66 of Virtual Couch. Um, I'm your host, Tony Overbay. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindful habit coach, writer, speaker, husband, father for marathon runner and creator of the Path Back. The Path Back is an addiction recovery program helping people um, get off of pornography, compulsive sexual behavior. For more information, go to pathbackrecovery.com. And there you can download an ebook that tells you Mistakes that people make when trying to overcome pornography addiction, that was not as smooth as it is when I don't have it on. I don't have a camera on me, coach. Um, I'm nervous around, around you, coach. Oh. But uh, pathbackrecovery.com and uh, super quick business stuff. Go to tonyoverbay.com. You can sign up to find out more about some programs I'm doing about couples communication, parenting, and uh, this episode. And actually, if you point right over your shoulder, this bald guy right here, Eli's Extracts, which is all natural organic shave cream. Head, face, legs. Do you think less of me that I shave my legs?
1: No. Okay. No judgment there? No. I used to shave my legs playing football. Did you really? Yes. Okay. Well, okay. Was it, was it to? what was it for? Because I wore tights okay. when I played. Right. And so when you pull the tights down, the head start wiggling. Yeah, I don't yeah. like that feeling. All right. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, me too. That's what it was, right? Um, <laughs> but uh, virtual, uh, use coupon code virtual couch. Go to Eli's, E-L-I-S dash You get 25% off your entire order. And then also, um, we're brought to you by bloomforwomen.com, which is a uh, for women is a, it's a site for any, anyone who has been through betrayal trauma, whether that's uh, infidelity from a spouse. Um, and, uh, there's a whole support based community there to help women overcome the trauma of, uh, any type of betrayal. So, and use coupon code virtual couch there, and you get a free month behind their, um, paywall of all these evidence-based supportive programs there's the business the business is out of the way Sweet. i i've been waiting for this for a long time uh, my <laughs> guest today is and i kind of feel like is that fan a little too loud coach hold on yeah, a What's up to you all right i'm turning this off things are gonna get hot i'm putting you on the hot seat kind yes, of literally it right it works it works okay so uh, my guest today is coach charles gazaway and is that the right way or is it gazaway no it's gazaway gazaway okay and and coach that is the key um coach <laughs> charles as we like to call him has been coaching my son in basketball for years now, and he's—I uh, mean—he's performed miracles with my kid, and we're going to get to that, right? Um, Coach, what kind of a last name is Gasaway? I'm curious. I don't know. My parents gave
1: it to me. Okay. <laughs> not quite <laughs> the the origin. Who, who knows? Uh, um, my father would know. I'm not interested. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, family from Louisiana. From Louisiana. Um, if that has something to do with it, yeah. I know it's spelled a few different ways. There's G A S. Oh. G A Z, G A Z Z, G A S S, and it's all A W A Y. So I guess during the time that they split away slavery thing, uh-huh. saying the word "gazaway," not knowing how to spell, so yeah. figured out G A S, some G A Z, but at all in the melting pot, we're all related. I like the Z. Yeah, you like that one. Yeah, I like yeah. That. Uh, <laughs> but so I, I, I wanted to bring Coach Charles on. Coach
0: Charles has done more uh, for, for my kid and for just a whole group of kids, basketball players that, uh, than I ever anticipated that could have happened. So I really want to bring him on today. He's got a, he's got a, an amazing background, um, kind of been through some, uh, I don't know, I can't bounce back through some incredible medical journeys and, uh, and has led our team to the California state games, which was, uh, we qualified for this basketball tournament down in San Diego,
1: which, um, I don't know. Did you see that coming? No. Uh, right. That, um, I knew the kids understood what was going on. Mm -hmm. And I knew that, you know, through the years of giving them more confidence, um, that things like this could happen. Yeah. But it's never, well, from my ass, it's never expected. Okay. So I always just kind of try and stay as even keel for the kids as possible. As far as expectations. Yeah. Um, meanwhile the parents are over there like we're going, right, coach? Right, right. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I, I can see them getting better, but I've n- I never thought that we would qualify for something like this. Yeah. Um in what I feel is a short time. Yeah. Because I believe that the kids were coached previously, and then when I came in, because it was on an AAU level, I think the expectations changed, and I was even told that I may have been too hard early ah. and I didn't know if I should have changed it or should I stay with what I knew and I just stayed
0: my road. Okay. And we, and we got so much going. part of the reason I want to bring coach Charles on as well is, uh, there's a lot of talk these days about the AAU basketball culture. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of talk about, you know, how have kids changed over the last decade, Mm -hmm. how have parents changed over the last decade? Is AAU basketball good for the sport? Is it good for the players? And I feel like you, you can kind of address all of those things. Um, so before we even get to that, I want to talk about your background. So you, you grew up in Louisiana?
1: No, I grew up in Oakland, California. Okay. Um, inner city kid. Um, mom and dad in home. I am the baby of seven. Oh, wow. Um, so pretty much it was an athletic family. I was the oopsie. Okay. Uh, my closest sibling to me, my sister Denise. She is 10 maybe eleven years older than I am. Wow. So I was the
0: accident. <laughs> oh, okay, child. so when you said oopsie, I thought you were saying whoopsie. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I think that I can't I think Coach Charles mean that was a basketball player. And I was <laughs> like, no, I get it, Coach. <laughs> no, right. I was oh, the, the whoops. Yeah, I okay. was the whoopsie. So so the youngest of seven and then uh ten years. So your oldest sibling
1: is how old? I don't know exactly how old yeah. my my oldest he passed away. Oh. Um but He's much older than me. I used to call him Papa John. Did you really? Yes. Okay. That was like his name throughout the family because when my dad would be at work Mm -hmm. at night or whatever, my mom would be at work. He was the go-to guy. So he was like the in-house dad that didn't pay anything, but- he had the authority to spank you. Okay, and, and he? <laughs> and he would spank you. Okay, I would still tell,
0: but it didn't matter. <laughs> okay, it didn't matter. Okay. So, growing up in Oakland, say you're an inner city kid. For uh, there'll be people that are, are listening that are familiar with the area. I mean, what where would you kind of run? What school did you go to? I grew up
1: on 35th and Brookdale. Uh, my parents actually still live in the house. Wow. Um, I went to St. Jarlet's School in the Diamond District off of Fruitvale. Um, played basketball since I was in the second grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly loved it from day one. Lost a lot from the second grade through probably the fourth grade. I think we were averaging out of a 10-game season. We were probably winning two games Okay, um, in the CYO League. Um what was your high school career like? High school was great. Um, I went to I went to St. Elizabeth for the ninth grade. Didn't like it, didn't think I was getting the notoriety that I felt that I deserved. Mm-hmm. I left to go stay in Los Angeles. I went to Verbon Day High School. I went there for two years. Was that to play basketball? To play basketball and football. Wow. Okay. And I was I convinced my parents that if I went there that I would get a scholarship to go play basketball. Okay. It worked out. I signed my letter of intent to go to Louisiana State University um, as a 11th grader going into my 12th grade year. Oh, wow. I had told my mom and dad prior to leaving, if I didn't sign a letter of intent to go to a school by the 11th grade, then I would still come back home mm. and graduate from the high school that all my brothers and sisters graduated from, regardless. Okay. Yeah. So luckily I did. Yeah. Went back to Oakland, graduated from John C. Fremont, and then I went to... LSU, wow. Uh, so then, were you were you pretty heavily recruited? I don't know if it was heavily recruited. Probably thirty five to forty wow. letters okay. um, come from somebody. Who <laughs> I mean, that feels pretty, uh, pretty heavily recruited, my yeah. I mean, well, you know, there's there's guys out there that had letters on letters. So Did they? Yeah. Okay. So I mean, you know, I had thirty or forty. I had the good schools, you know, that I wanted to go to, the Georgetown and things of that nature. Wow. But at that time, Georgetown was a basketball powerhouse. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if I was prepared for that yet. Okay. And I wanted to play football as well. Oh, wow. So I chose LSU because at that time, Shaq and Chris Jackson, now Mahmood, we were yeah. leaving. Okay. Only one was there was Stanley. So Stanley Roberts was still there on campus. Um, I figured that I can go in and play there, um, but they also had a lower budget football team and they would allow me to take on that as well. Okay. So I was able to play both and that's what made my final decision to go to Man, see, I could do a whole podcast on it. I didn't think about like your high school career. And I mean,
0: if you had to kind of talk a little bit about what, what do you feel like was the key to you getting those offers? I mean, were you a, a big discipline guy, hard work guy? Were you putting up numbers? Were you flashy? What
1: was that like? Actually, I was a team guy. Okay. If you look at Jason Kidd in high school, now Jason put up huge numbers as far as points, rebounds, and assists. I was more of, I would give you 14, mm-hmm. I would give you six boards, and I would give you eight assists. Okay. I played great D. Uh-huh. I always made the basketball play. Okay. So there was never... I got to get mine. Me taking that yeah. bad shot. I was always like, well, this is this isn't me. Let me move the ball and mm. see if I can get something better. Man, that's a, we're going to call that foreshadowing. Can we get the, to the AAU uh, sure. debate
0: a little bit later on? I mean, sure. so that that makes more sense. You're kind of coming from this team first. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So uh, you get the LSU. And what was that? I mean, let me ask you. So if you ask a kid these days and I still remember my son, um, this was years ago, right? All right. What do you want to do when you grow up? And it was either work at in n out or go or work in the, or, or play in the NBA, you know, I okay. mean, I think the in and out part is gone. It's just the in <laughs> right, the exactly. NBA part. I mean, so did you grow up saying, I want to
1: play professional basketball, football? I, what was I it? wanted to play professional basketball. Okay. What, what were your parents' reactions to that? You're not going to make it. Okay. They did. Yeah. Okay. You're not going to make it, but they also had the mentality of But there is a possibility. It to me and my parents, basketball is your lottery ticket. Mm. What are you gonna fall back on? My parents bought lottery tickets every week. Okay. They never hit 50 million, yeah, but they always went to work. Okay. You know, so their background was going to work every day, having that extra seven or eight bucks to play the lottery on Wednesday and the lottery on Friday night. For Saturday's numbers. Yeah. So they always instill that you can play basketball. You can play football. You can dream big and hope to make the NBA. Yeah. Make sure you get a foundation.
0: Okay. I like that. I mean, you know, from a therapist background, I get people that just want to go ahead and crush that dream. You know, do you want to do the numbers, the percentage of people that do? And, And, you know, and I feel like that, you know, kind of now we're off with a kid feeling like their parents don't support them. Correct. But then I also know we we'll maybe get to this later, too, there's also that you are going to play in the NBA and you don't need to do anything else. And,
1: you know, right. And kind of yeah. go overboard. Right. Right. Do you see exactly. that. exactly. And there is a happy medium. OK. And as a parent as well, you always want to support the kid in their dream. But you also want to have them have a dose of reality as well. OK, I like that. Uh, so then you get to LSU and you're
0: um, what was that experience like? Was it was college basketball, everything you wanted it to be? It was hard.
1: Was it? It was hard. I mean, and it's funny how, you know, you hear the cliche, you know, it's fast. Mm-hmm. It's fast. Okay, You
0: you always say I love how you say the older the kids get, the the game gets faster. Yes. But then the the, I don't know, the more they work on fundamentals and teamwork and then they
1: can slow the game down. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and even with our kids that I coach now at Hot Shots Elite, I tell them if we're the most athletic team Mm -hmm. and we're just superior, we're going to run them out the gym. If we have an idea that they may, may be more athletic than we are. We'll play BYU basketball. Yeah. We will Princeton back cut whatever yeah. we have to do to stay within the game. We will completely slow the pace down. Yeah. And it's to me, it's the same thing in life. Yeah. As long as you have that lottery ticket, you can play it, but make sure that your fundamentals are all together so that you have something to fall back on just in case it's a rough day. Okay.
0: Um and, and so man, there's a part of me that wants to jump around a little bit because if there are people that, you know, I, I could listen to the stories about you played overseas <laughs> and the college ball and I could hear that stuff all day. Right. Um, but but I also maybe we'll kind of tease a little bit of some of the deeper uh, topics that we want to get to too. You kind of mentioned um, the teams that you coach, talk a little bit about the team. You, you came and coached this uh, program called hotshots elite. Correct. We're, uh, we're up in Northern California. And maybe here's the first plug of, I want to bring coach Charles on because I think he's going to talk a lot about just how to motivate kids. And, uh, and, and again, we're going to kind of talk a little bit about the whole AAU culture and basketball, but, um, we're also going to a tournament and coach Charles has done some amazing things with a group of kids who, you know, he didn't uh, recruit. He right. didn't uh, just grab kids to, to make an all-star team. He Correct. took a bunch of kids and kind of taught them the right way. And so I'm going to have, I have a link on the show notes for the site uh, where you can donate because um, we're, you know, we got some, some kids made maybe need a little help getting down right. there in San Diego for I the agree. California games. Yes. And, uh, and it was something that we didn't, I don't know if we even expected, like you said, to get down there. No, so there's some cost involved. Yes. Yeah. So if you're motivated by coach Charles and if you're not, I don't know how you, you can't be, then uh, hit the the link in the show notes and uh, maybe throw us a couple bucks and we'll get Coach Charles a nice steak dinner down there. Right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So talk about your team.
1: How'd that come about? Wow. So um, first of all, it's, it's a weird situation. Um, they had built a new Dave & Buster's in the Roseville area at the time. Uh-huh. I had gone to that Dave & Buster's And I wanted to watch my cousin at the time who was at Duke playing basketball. Oh, so I wanted to go watch her game. It wasn't on regular TV. And I figured Dave and Buster's was kind of like the sports bar thing. Maybe they would have it. And I ran into a guy across the bar or area where you're watching the games at, called coach Chris. And I've never heard the story. I haven't saw Coach Chris since Coach Chris was maybe 15 or 16 years old when I was coming back home from college and overseas and playing basketball at the park. Mm -hmm. And he yells across the bar, I know you. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I just moved to Sacramento, never been to Roseville. I've been here for about eight months. You don't know me. Yeah. He comes across, he introduces himself, and sure enough, he was the kid from Union City that I knew from years back. Wow. Okay. And he told me about a gym. He was coaching his daughter. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't want to coach. I don't want to coach kids at all. You didn't or coach Chris? I didn't. You didn't. Okay. I didn't want to coach kids at all. I wanted to have nothing to do with it. How come? I just didn't know if coaching was my thing. I didn't know if if I could teach what I knew. Yeah. And that was the hardest thing for me to get over. So Coach Chris had a men's league team and I played there. Uh His daughter had a game before one of our games. So I went, met Jacob. Uh Uh-huh. And there it was. I had, I had
0: no idea yeah. that you,
1: you didn't get
0: into that to, to coach, that that wasn't your goal. No. Okay. No. So I have, I've had a couple of clients that have done a little bit of coaching at, at different sports. And, and there is a, tell me this is true then, for somebody that was good at playing, it can be frustrating because you just want to say, just, just do it. Right?
1: And that is why I brought Coach Chris with me. Okay. Coach Chris was a football player at Logan, played wide receiver. Uh-huh. I was a basketball guy that worked hard at football. Okay. He was a football guy oh. that worked hard at basketball. Okay. I knew he could show them what I expected them to already know. Okay. And then you having that experience with football, you knew, Hey, you don't just do this. You right. Got, you got to put in some work. So I told Jacob, I said, the only way, cause he said, I have a group of kids that I want you to coach. It mm-hmm. was at a men's league game. He said, I have a group of kids that I want you to coach. And I told him, I can't coach kids unless, and he said he was going to pay the coaches and everything. So I said, unless Coach Chris comes with me, I can't do it. Okay. And he said, well, I'm not paying the assistant coach. I said, well, don't worry about that. Mm. I'll give him half of my check. Okay. Like, don't worry about paying him. I just want to make sure that he'll be able to get paid. Gotcha. And he said, yeah. So I told him, okay, whatever you're going to pay me, cut it in half, write him his own check, write me my own check. Okay. And that's how we got started so all right let's while we're right here
0: and, and i still want to go back to some of your overseas experience sure. i wanted that but while we're right here now talk about you walk i now i'm dying to know right so okay. you walk into the gym the first day what do you see you first of all did you pick them up in sixth grade or fifth grade it was going into the fifth grade when so the fifth late grade. fourth early fifth okay so it's been six, seven, four years yes okay you walk in there what are you expecting but what do you see you haven't coached
1: kids i mean what are you thinking you're gonna see I honestly went in there because I knew the Roseville area. Yeah. So I was expecting to see younger white males playing basketball. Okay. And I walked into exactly what my expectations were. Yeah. But what I noticed is that everyone was small. Okay. So everybody was short and right. I said, oh, my goodness, we're going to be in trouble. OK, a bunch of short white kids
0: <laughs> right. playing
1: basketball. Right. Playing basketball.
0: Yeah. Now, do you remember when you walked in and they, when you see the look of the parents and the kids and what are you seeing from them? Well, the first
1: time I saw the team, mm-hmm. it was actually in a tournament. Oh, OK. And Jacob had told me to come and Jacob was sitting at the head of the bench. He introduced me to the kids and I sat at the end of the bench. And then the second game, Jacob moved to the end of the bench and had me at the head of the bench. Okay. And then the third game, Jacob was gone. Oh. And so it was almost like a seamless transition, but he kind of surprised everybody. Yeah. So the kids just went from listening to one voice to kind of hearing my voice to hearing my voice solely. And then when I found out that that wasn't all of the kids that we were going to have a tryout, Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, is this kid going to stay? Is that kid going to stay? He was like, yeah, those were the five kids that I were talking about. Gotcha. So I said, fine. OK, we could take those five. Yeah. You. So and I'd ask you if it was OK if we kind of kind of
0: dive into a little bit of the And some of the I got some comments from some of the parents that are just sure. amazing. Right. But so from from like, you know, if we look at the race aspect. Right. Right. Do you feel like the kids, there was anything there that was like. You know, wait a minute that, you know, this coach isn't he's not a, a
1: white dad who's going right. to whatever, you know, be on his phone the whole time. To be perfectly honest yeah. with you. Yeah. I wasn't worried about the kids. Yeah. I was more worried about being accepted by the parents. Okay, And that's why I was curious. Right. Yeah. So at that point, the kids don't even know. Right. I mean, you know, it really is. I know it's you can hear the cliches, but they don't know. No. Right. Not those kids. Yeah. And and so. I was more worried about the parents accepting me coming from Jacob mm-hmm. and you know with the with the religion ties. Yeah. And so I was kind of worried yeah. about that whole aspect of it. But I couldn't have asked for anything better than what I've yeah walked into. Hopefully Jacob won't
0: listen to this. But so all we saw was like, okay, hey, we get a like a coach's I'm sure I'd say playing basketball, not Jacob, right? <laughs> you didn't want a soccer guy anymore. No. No. Yeah. We'd, we'd heard enough soccer stories. Right. Love you, Jacob. <laughs> right. You. So then you come in. There. All right. So that's, uh, that's pretty fascinating though. That is. So, all right. Now let's, uh, man, see, I'm, I'm wanting to just jump ahead, you know, cause I want to go back and maybe this is okay. It's my podcast. I right? will do whatever we want. Hey, listen, right. Hey, so I did ask for, listen. right. Exactly. I did ask for some of the feedback from some of the parents and there's one that I sent coach today because it just, it kind of uh, I don't know, it just really touched me, blew my mind. and I thought it was amazing because kind of where we're starting with, with when I'm saying, okay, this this uh, race component, right? right? So one of the parents said, let's be honest here. With a few exceptions, our team is Lily White, middle-class kids from Roseville. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> he nailed it, right? He says they have no business being in Oakland, uh, definitely no business playing basketball in Oakland. Coach Charles is African-American and he has seen firsthand the apprehension some of the kids had had when playing African-American kids. He took some time out to show them that, and this is why I love this, that African-American kids are just like they are, that they're trying to be the best they can be. They've learned to be able to play against anybody, no matter the team, age, or race, and they give it their all. They played great against some really great teams, African-American, Asian, Latino, and everything in between. Coaches taught him that between the lines is where your ability to show who you are and not what you look like. He says, I love that my son has had many positive interactions with a multitude of races that he may not have, had, have otherwise had. Coach Charles is a positive African-American role model whose interactions are helping shape my son's viewpoint of the world. Wow. Right. That's different. I mean, what is that? I, mean, I
1: don't know. When you're reading that, what are you, what are you, what are you feeling? What are you thinking? I'm going to look into the camera and I'm going to look at what we're being seen on to make sure that he's talking about me. Yeah. Okay. It, that's not what I'm trying to do. See, and that's what I love. And we were talking a little bit off the camera where um,
0: I kind of throw it out this uh, as I'm setting up, mean, you know, the lights and all this stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> coach you know this podcast is getting tens of thousands of downloads and i keep waiting for somebody to open the door and say hey uh you don't know what you're doing right, right? so <laughs> right. we need to take that equipment and i'm so and, and you know my world's called imposter syndrome right i mean and so i wish i was surprised to hear that you kind of say that you feel exactly that. the same way wow okay yeah. so when you hear that and, and i echo that i mean you've done more for my kid and, and
1: kind of shaping his view of the world right. and so that's the part where you're like i thought i was just coaching basketball and that's all yeah. You know, and, and granted, I do tell the kids, you know, as well as a coach, I am there to teach them a few life's lessons. Mm-hmm. It might not be the way you would hear it at home. Yeah. But the lesson still
0: is the same. And, and I got to say what we've talked about before is that and quite frankly, a 14 year old boy doesn't want to hear it at home. Right.
1: I mean, True. they're listening to yeah. you. If right. I'm telling them that they're like, you don't get it. Dad. Right. Right. And and I try to do it in a language that you wouldn't hear it at home. Yeah. Not necessarily foul, mm-hmm. but fun, more yeah. hip hop, yeah. more, more cool, you know? Yeah. And, and so I try to do it to them that way, Yeah, you know, and that might, might be why they'll listen to me a little more, Yeah, but I really think it's the basketball thing that has them kind of hooked. Okay. And I love that too. Cause I've had people before tell me that,
0: you know, there's certain people that think that there's, I know sports are not good or they, they are too competitive or they teach, but that right there kind of says to me that it's a little bit bigger than just playing basketball.
1: Yeah. You got to teach the life's lessons too.
0: Yeah. So, um, in and, and, and also you have had our kids, uh, go get check up on grades. You sure. told them they won't play if they get, you know, below sure. uh, what a 2.0, I sure. think it is if they miss classes. Sure. And I think sometimes they're like, wait a minute, what is he doing? This is AAU ball, right? right. It is. Yeah which I love it. So let's kind of talk a little bit there for, for anybody who doesn't know, um, AAU ball,
1: was that around when you were young? Yes. Okay. What did it look like back then? Um, it was intense, not by far, not as huge. Okay. It was still the elite of the elite. Okay. Instead of having two or three kids from a high school team, you would probably have like one kid from this high school, one kid from that high school you would have like seven or eight players. Uh-huh. It was intense basketball. Okay. It, it's the same level where you're going to play the best of the best in your area. Uh-huh. Just wasn't this many teams and it wasn't as many facilities. Okay. As I would say it was, I mean, available. Now, now there's a tournament every weekend, right? Yeah. There's a bunch of teams. And I think what that
0: has led to is, and I, well, I can't wait to put this part out there. I, we have never had a time where, some kids running up to the bench before a game and you're handing them a uniform and shaking his hand saying, what's your name? No, And I feel like that's kind of what, why some of the AAU has got a little bit of a bad name because you know, we play these teams where they've never played together.
1: Yeah. They're working on plays as they're warming up. Yeah. Like, hey, you are supposed to be here. You, you got to go there. Yeah. This because their work. goal is what their only goal is win. That's it. Yeah. Give me the best athletes It to me. And, and I shouldn't say it as an AAU coach. Yeah. But AAU basketball is give me the best athletes in my area, regardless to what, and let's just go and run and gun. And And, and if we get more possessions, we win. Okay. And then it's
0: like, to to what point, right? The kids get a trophy. The coach says he's good. I mean, my kid doesn't even, we had trophies in the floorboard of my car. Right. right? I mean, that's, so that's why I appreciate that, that,
1: you know, we want to get a little more out of this. Right. And, and that's why I take my time to go out and watch a kid play their middle school game to watch a kid go to their high school and watch their high school game. Because at the end of the day, as a coach, I'm learning. Mm -hmm. And there might be something that a kid can do that. I see him doing for another coach that I can implement as well in our game plan. Okay. And then I also see coaches out there that shouldn't be coaching And should come to or go to some coaches clinics to be able to communicate with kids and learn not necessarily how to coach basketball, but just how to interact with a child that you may not know and learn how to get to know that kid to find out what makes them tick. Okay, and here's where I love that uh, maybe you
0: didn't even know the impact you were having on these kids and on the families, but you mentioned I mean, you you would go to our the kids rec games. You'd go to a kids middle school game, and so they're seeing this again a positive male role model that cares about them, right? And and that's that part where I feel like uh, we need more of that.
1: I agree. Yeah, and I mean it's it's tough, you know, because at the end of the day, a lot of us have full time jobs. Yeah, but I feel like my father. My coaches, you know, Coach Quick, Steve, all of those guys, they had full-time jobs when I was growing up. I'm mm-hmm. these kids' ages. And they figured out a way to make work and basketball go together to benefit me. Okay. So I feel like it's my duty to make work and basketball benefit for these kids, even if it's take a half day of vacation. Okay, man. To go watch a kid play six minutes of a game. Yeah, and they notice. They'll see you there. Yeah. And
0: it makes a difference. Yeah. So uh, how hard or has it been hard at all to not go that um, all-star team route or that recruiting route or, you know, we need to get that
1: big kid or, you know, has that been difficult? It's always hard, but I've never been one to back down from a challenge either. Yeah. And so I absolutely get a kick out of per se this weekend. Mm. Six kids on the roster. Guys are out on vacation. One guy gets his lip messed up. One guy has a bad back. We end with five. We go two and one. We lost one game by three points. Dang. To me, that's a championship. Yeah. medal, no medal, name on the board, lights or whatever. The Best basketball I've ever seen guys play Wow. every minute, every second, five kids against nine guys. One of the teams that we beat at the end, the very last team, they won the yellow jackets tournament like three or four months ago that they won. So they're quality teams. Yeah. And these kids beat them. Yeah. So, and one of the things
0: I look forward to after every game, by the way, is I tell my wife all the time, you know, uh, I'm like, hang on, I got to get over and hear Coach Charles because this is like, this is better than a Disney movie at <laughs> right. this point, right? I mean, that's where, I, I'm kind of curious, when you come up with those speeches after games, I mean, what where where do those come from? My heart. Okay.
1: Nothing's written, and it's it's basically that whole day, or really that whole basketball week. Wednesday at practice, you know, Monday at rec practice, Friday night rec game, Saturday's tournament, sometimes Saturday's and Sunday's tournament. That's that whole week mm. from my heart to those kids. Yeah. Of our performance. Yeah. And that just brings it just, it just seals the deal. Yeah. You know, and if we play great, it's great. And if we play bad, then I let them know. And I take the wins and the losses. Okay. If the kids just played horribly, then I will tell them that you guys played bad and you guys messed this one up. Yeah. But nine times out of ten, we're in every game. And if they give me everything that they have, I'll take that. Good, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's all I can ask. Um, A couple years
0: ago, or when was it, you had a pretty bad health scare. Talk about that. I mean, that's,
1: you know, talk about things kind of getting real. Yeah. um, Real bad diabetic okay um my wife figured it out late one night um i was taking insulin i'm not i've never been a medicine person uh-huh. um and so my body really had bad reactions to the insulin okay so i've passed out from low blood sugar from taking exactly what they tell me to take on my insulin okay um i believe. The kids were at the gym one night when I my sugar dropped down really low and I passed out there at the gym in a rec league. Um, but anyway, to to make a long story short, I was blessed. Um, I was able to get a kidney and a pancreas wow. uh, transplant um, and. What the elite
0: that? kids got me through it. Well, what was that? I mean, because I remember just we would hear little bits of rumors. You know, Coach Charles passed out. Right. He's going to be okay. You right. know, he, he might have missed the practice. I mean, were, were you kind of right. keeping that
1: under wraps for a bit? Or um, I just didn't want other people to become worried. Yeah. And then what ends up happening is that people become too involved in, are you supposed to be eating that? Uh, Should you be doing this? Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm grown. I'm going to go home, and if I want to eat a piece of candy, I'm going to eat that piece of candy. Yeah. And I don't need somebody else's mom and dad being my mom and dad. I hear it from my mom and dad enough. Yeah. So I I didn't want everybody to know it, but it wasn't like I was hiding it. Okay. I mean, if somebody asked, then I would tell them. Yeah. Um, the worst part of everything was when I had lost my vision.
0: Okay. And and that's, I I mean... I think that was a part where I remember hearing, you know, uh, Jake saying things like, I think coach Chris just pointing coach in the right direction and coaches, you know? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Uh, what was that? I mean, so when, when, when did that happen? Was that
1: while you were waiting for that? was, it was, I don't remember exactly when, but I was on the pancreas and kidney transplant list. Okay. Um, It was right around Thanksgiving. It was a, on Wednesday because my wife and I had left practice mm. and we went to the Galleria. Okay. So it's around Christmas time where there's extended hours. We went to the Galleria and we're walking around and a block, a black spot came on my eye. And up to
0: that point, what, what were the symptoms of what you've been going through? Just was it fatigue or was it just, I was
1: tired, but uh-huh. it wasn't really like physical. It wasn't. Or- yeah. It wasn't really bothering me. Okay. But when the black spot came on my eye, I was like, man, I have a spot on my eye. Wow. And then my wife working at Kaiser, being in nursing, she was like, well, maybe it's a floater. Just blink a couple times, it'll go away or whatever. And I blinked, still there. I lift my eye up to the air, still there. I was like, that's not going nowhere. Mm-hmm. But I was still able to walk around. It didn't completely black out my vision. It was just like an oil spot. Okay, Like if you took some, some car oil and put it in a cup of water, yeah. it would just be that one solid spot. It was like that. And then I said, she said, well, let's just go to the doctor. And being a guy, no, it'll go away. away. I'm going to sleep on it. Yeah, ignore it. Went to sleep, woke up the next day, still there. No, I'm not going. About two days later, I went to sleep, and my whole world was clouded. Wow. What does that mean? So you wake up, you open your eyes. and And it was just cloudy like everything the tv you would just see you know semi-black rim and just like a blob of like colors wow so i wasn't completely blind where it was dark i was blind where all i could see was a mass wow i mean is that when kind of we get pretty scared yeah that's when i was kind of scared but my wife was like but you were never depressed i was never down yeah And I completely coached through the whole thing. I I, I mean, we only heard rumors.
0: I mean, you were you were doing well. We'd see every now and again where your wife would kind of be guiding you a little bit. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I put my arm on her shoulder, put my (laughs) hand on her shoulder and have her walk me through the gym. And, you know, people with the most embarrassing thing or the hardest thing to do was to hear some of the younger kids say hi to me and for me not to know who it is yeah and I couldn't turn or tell where the voice was coming from I just kind of had to put my head down to just kind of keep walking mm-hmm. so it was kind of hurtful to me because I couldn't talk to that one little kid whether it yeah. be six seven or eight years old all of the other kids knew yeah for that I coach that I couldn't see
0: and so so what did the doctor say at that point I mean was there any worry about this could remain or was
1: it yeah they didn't know what was going on oh wow um they sent me to an eye specialist here in roseville at kaiser and then i just had severe hemorrhaging a lot of bleeding from the veins behind wow. my eye which the vision has to go through that portion uh-huh. to be able to see through so that was just all oh, of the blood so that, was clouding, that okay. was clouding
0: it up wow so then what was that? What happened next then? I, so I didn't realize, I mean, was, that was all
1: related to the, yes, that was all related the diabetes, to the, the kidney, the pancreas. Yes. Okay. So I ended up getting the kidney and pancreas transplant done
0: first. When you were when, so if this stuff was happening around Thanksgiving, was it before the end of the year or did you have to,
1: well, I went, I went to all I know is when I went to UCSF, we had a tournament in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And I went to UCSF because they called me and said they thought they had a match. So my wife packed up my clothes and I told her, I'm not going to surgery without my Hotshot Elite shirt. Okay. And she said, what? And I said, I want a Hot Shot Elite shirt while we're driving to San Francisco. And I want to wear a Hot Shot Elite shirt on the way back from San Francisco. Wow. And she was like, why? I said, because those kids are what's going to get me through this. Okay. And she was like, okay. So I put on my lee shirt. We went to San Francisco, popped open, woke up in much pain. Walked around a couple of days. They said, I'd be in there like nine days. And I'm counting the calendar because we had a tournament that <laughs> following weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and so I got out, if I'm not mistaken, it was a Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. And on the way home, I told my wife, I said, the boys play on Saturday. And she was like, and you want to go? Yeah. And I still had my vision at this time. And I said, yeah, I'm going. And she was like, I don't know how you're going to do it. I yeah. said, I'll figure it out. Okay. And I was fresh out of surgery, 75 staples in my stomach. Dang. That's okay. Because I remember here, like, did you did you get some bleeding down there at one point? Yeah. Dang. Yeah, okay. and so I, when coached, I told the boys I can't yell. Yeah, so you guys, when I call timeouts, I got to tell Coach Chris to call timeout. How hard was that? It was rough because Coach Chris sits down at the end of the bench, so yeah. I would kind of lean over and wave my hand, uh-huh. and he would be like, "Okay," and he would call for timeout. Yeah, and I just told the boys, "I'm going to sit right here in this chair." So mm-hmm. I was Phil Jackson in it. Okay, I sat in my chair, and they ran over and they got around me. And I was able to just talk to him in a normal tone. They went out there and executed. Yeah, they did the hard part. They yeah. played.
0: That was crazy. I mean, that I didn't know. Now it makes more sense why you were kind of because we were like, "Coach, should you, should you be out here?" Like, I'm fine, right? You know? Right. And then, and then somebody at one point is saying, "I think he's bleeding from his stomach," you know. Yeah. And I'm like, "Well, yeah, it's nothing." Yeah. You know. Yeah. But uh, no. So I mean, so here you are. You're teaching the life lessons of the kids, but then you're saying the kids are
1: kind of what helped pull you through. Correct. They, I know for a fact they got me through it. Yeah. Um, because I knew that I couldn't let them down. Yeah. And I had to let them know that no matter what was going on, whether it be at home, physically, emotionally,
0: you got to keep fighting. Yeah. I mean, they got it too. I mean, that was a, that was a, let's win this for coach, mm-hmm. you know, Um I don't know. You were in a lot of family prayers there for a while, too. Oh, yeah. If you're feeling that. I
1: take all those. Yeah. I take all those. I appreciated all of them. So how's that recovery been? Great. Um, Three surgeries on each eye. Oh. Plus the kidney and pancreas transplant back to normal. No medications, no diabetes. Really? Well, I'm on medications. I have to take my anti-rejection stuff okay. for the kidney and pancreas. Yeah. But no more insulin, no diabetes. Okay. I'm back on a regular diet. It's yeah, a miracle. It really it, is.
0: It is. I mean, I remember uh, playing basketball with you about a year ago on one of those practices and forgetting that this guy had had a kidney and a pancreas yeah. transplant,
1: yeah. right? Yeah. And you start playing now? Yeah. I'm trying. Yeah. But okay. I don't know if I'm playing as much. I need to take off these 30 pounds, but... Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna get there. <laughs> That's right. So all right, one of the things I love is, you know, you've kind of alluded to there's some times where you you might, you know, get a little bit uh boisterous, loud, Correct. right? Correct. Uh nothing better than by the way, there's you know that some of us have some video of like when one of my kids hit a couple buckets and you like doing a dance in the right. background. <laughs> some right. of the greatest ever, right?
1: Right. <laughs> right. And yeah. Get into it. I, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. I love the kids, I love the game. Yeah. I, I'm excitable. Yeah. And then um, so then
0: talk about, though, what I just think is the coolest thing, if I can speak from the parent. So my mm-hmm. kid, you know, good player, I think, and he and he doesn't really enjoy the getting yelled at, right? Right. He gets the yelling. Right. But, and man, you picked up on that so fast and you even told me, all you have to do is point to mm-hmm. your head, right? Yeah. I mean, you coach to the kid. Right. Which that's the part where I feel like, now go back, then I'm not, I, I'll do the. You know, I don't know a lot of the other AAU coaches, but you know, go back to that all-star mentality. Um, nice to meet you before the game. Here's your uniform. Correct. And then it's basically just screaming, go over there, go over there, right. just run, right. right? Exactly. You get to know each and every kid. You mm-hmm. get to know what motivates them. And then, I
1: mean, so I don't know. How hard was that at first? Um, you know, the whole thing of learning a kid, you can do that simply by watching them interact with their buddies okay so i'm a coach that believes i should be at the gym prior to practice uh, there's a couple coaches or a to couple go. parents that talked about that yeah, by the way the things I've, you've taught them okay. yeah i believe that i need to be there before the kid because if i tell a kid to be there 30 minutes early and i'm showing up 15 minutes early what's gonna tell that parent that being 15 minutes? well your coach's not even there yeah. So why do why do I have to get you there a half hour early when your coach isn't there until 15 minutes early? Yeah. So I can't hold the parents accountable and then the kids accountable for their parents. Because I know as a kid, when my coach used to tell me to be there a half hour early, Mom, I don't care what you have on. You can drop me off down the street, but I gotta go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so the kid's accountable for the parent as well as the parent has to be accountable for getting the kid there, but it's all on the coach. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of watch the way the kids interact with each other. And I find out who my leaders are, who are my little weekend warriors that are just going to do what the other guy says and not really complain, but might not like it. Yeah. And I just cater all of that into what I feel that kid needs to become better. Yeah. I have to tell you when I
0: was telling my wife, you know, she was excited to have hear this interview and she's like, you just got to tell the audience that they just have to go find a coach Charles, right? That's all they got to do. That's (laughs) that's hard. So here's what one of the, one of the uh, parents said that they, they love your ability to coach and teach based on individual personality. Some kids can handle uh, a little bit more loud in their face. And some um, kids will have that approach go in one ear and out the other. And then they, they talk about their particular kid is the ladder. They say he's been a tough nut to crack, even a challenge for coach, but, uh, coaches worked with them and found out what works their kids highly intelligent, but underspoken to a flaw. Love the way they put that Charles has forced them to come out of that shell. He takes minutes away and sends messages in different ways. And it's forced their kid to have to say, uh, Hey, what do I need to do here? He doesn't like to show emotion, which is fine, but if that's the case, you better be able to talk to coach and tell him what's on your mind so we can get on the same page. And, you know, and, and, and that's the part where I hear that kind of stuff, what you've done with my kid, um, what you've done here. You've kind of in that, you know, you've got a Jake will tell me often about like group uh, chats that are like you're, you're like just telling them funny jokes. Or, right. Or then other ones. It's like, hey, go watch these clips. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that was going yeah. on or go look at this player or right. watch this, you know, this this highlight reel yeah. or whatever. I
1: mean, I, the our group chat has no parents in it for a reason, mm-hmm. because it's my time to be a kid okay and i get on that eighth grade going into the ninth grade level with the best of them you you played nba 2k with them right I, why not I you know that. i'm not gonna get on Fortnite though. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say not. my favorite line was like you're you
0: telling they're all
1: playing Fortnite. Yeah. you're like
0: i'm getting on Fortnite. i'm like i don't have any
1: wood <laughs> right yeah i don't have no wood y'all over there yelling at me like i yell at you in the game oh, i'm not dealing the- with that <laughs> Coach, go over there. Hurry up, nah. Oh. Shoot him. Nope. I don't want none of that.
0: I don't want that problem. <laughs> I love it. Um, oh, let me ask you, going back to the AAU stuff, I love okay. it. One of the parents said, AAU kids love the star power of the NBA, um, even though they would be better served to watch a more team-oriented college game. How do you think the rise of Steph Curry and the deep shooting ability has changed the NBA? And I've thought about it, you know, and, and, and they go on to say, how has it impacted the youth game? Are kids only interested in having logo depth and shooting from half court to the detriment of the mid-range game? Uh, the post game fundamentals, you know, what are your kind of thoughts going into that
1: from a coach's standpoint? Um, I agree with all of that. Um, because it comes down to everybody does what they, what they see. Mm -hmm. So kind of with the whole thing of you are what you eat. Mm -hmm. If you're eating Steph Curry, you're shooting from 30. Yeah. If you're watching Shaq at six, You're dunking on people in the post. Yeah. So you are what you eat. The same thing with the Allen Iverson. Yep. You got 30 points, but you took 32 shots. Yeah. In my eyes, it's bad basketball. So the evolvement of the game has gone to shooting threes. I am a victim of coaching that as well, but I do it more so as a strategy Mm -hmm. versus individuals because we do have a post guy that I love to see work. Yeah. So we get him a bunch of touches. We do have athletic runners that I love to see get out in the open floor. So we do push the tempo, but we have a few great shooters as well. And as an undersized team, our benefit to us is to get out open in the fast break as an undersized team to feed the post. Cause our big has great footwork and good size. But one of our key things is the fact that I have four kids who can really shoot the basketball. Yeah. And if that's what we're going to be good at, then that's what we're going to feature. And I try and make it more of a 50-50 thing more than the 70. I don't want to go Houston Rockets. Yeah. You know, I don't want to go Houston Rockets where we're shooting 40 and I'm the coach saying, well, I can see where we can get 53s up a game. Right. I don't want to go Dan Tony. Yeah. I just want to be more consistent and more like a Boston. Yeah. Like I've always told the kids, I want to be the Spurs. I want everybody to get me twelve, okay? And if I get nine kids to get me twelve, we're going to be hard to beat. Yeah, I love
0: it. I, and every now and again, I, my my kid will be a little guilty if he's feeling it. You're like, all right, you got let one it, more. Let you it got rip. One
1: more. Right. Let it rip. You hit two or three. Give it to him again. Yeah.
0: Um. I. I did another couple of of the parent comments. One of them is uh, one of the parents who talked about where the the kid. Had kind of taken something away, maybe um, maybe a little bit the wrong way, but that they what they loved was that this kid called called you up and yeah. felt like they had a relationship with you where they could call you up because they knew you were going to hear them. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that that shows a lot of character that you have taught that those kids mm-hmm. to to kind of um, self advocate, speak up for themselves. Most definitely. Um, there's another parent that I mean, she says uh, you took these kids, young timid fourth grader, and now a strong independent young man that feels there's nothing and no one on the court that can stop him. Uh, son's confidence has grown triple full because of coach Charles. But here's what I think is touching about that. I mean, You've taught him more than basketball, sportsmanship, having your teammates back life skills that go beyond the court and, uh, love for the kid shows in so many ways. But this is the part that I just love. I want you to hear this being a single mom with a teenage son, um, without a dad around that, that, you know, you have played an incredible role in, in like mentoring this kid and, and, and kind of giving him that positive male role model. I mean, is that the stuff you've thought about when you're at Dave and Buster's and you see coach Chris
1: and he says, Let's coach some basketball. Never. Okay. Never. I, I mean, I don't know. I just think that's what we're supposed to do. As, as the older generation, I just think that that's one of the things that is lost mm. with this generation coming in. Talk about that. Okay. Um, when I grew up, I would go to the park. I had what I would call my brothers who are my older leaders on the block. Um, come, ride their bikes down to the house. I'd get on my bike. We'd ride to Allendale park mm. early in the morning. Flaminsky will be out there. Coach Flynn will play with Flem. We'd leave there by one o'clock. We'd go to Brookdale park. We would play there for a few hours. We would, ride another two and a half three miles to go to San Antonio Park because they had lights wow. we would play there and if one of the high school kids who had a license later on in the day was able to get a car we'd ride to Bollinger Canyon and play out there when were you playing video games <laughs> I wasn't right <laughs> right. Um, until I was done eating. In the shower, yeah. back on my bed for about a half hour, maybe 45 minutes, and I was out cold. Okay, But that was Saturday, that was Sunday, every weekend. Man. And it was just, and I had older guys to just tell me no. Okay. You know, when I wasn't away from home, it wasn't an option to be disrespectful. Okay. You know, Um, it wasn't an option and I don't understand how people, my age, maybe a little older and a little younger, allow younger kids, just even at our facility on a Saturday during tournaments, parents included, I'll see kids throwing their balls on the wall. Mm. And I just feel it's my place to go up there and say, Hey man, stop throwing your ball on the wall because I don't go to your mom's house and throw my ball on her wall. Yeah. Like, just respect the facility, because if you don't respect the facility, they all go away.
0: OK. And that's why I love it. So, yeah, you're te- I mean, you you're teaching lessons throughout. Yeah. I mean, it's not just. Yeah. OK. um, I got to read it. OK. I got to read another one. OK. OK. Because um, that's like everything I'm kind of skimming through here is more talking about all of these lessons you teach. I mean, here's one where um, you might remember this one. Uh, this this dad said proudest moment was when we lost by eight points to the Oakland soldiers because mm-hmm. we had gotten beat by 60 to Chuck Hayes right. team. Mm-hmm. Our kids were hanging their heads. Right. They've been up goofing off the night before. Right. You let them know that mm-hmm. that wasn't, you know, we, the parents have spent money to get down here, yep. taking their time to come down here. Yep. You took your time to come down there, but then, but then kind of, you know, let them know that, all right, all we can do now is, is put that one behind us. And then Oakland soldiers, you know, I mean, Man, they're they're a ranked team. could have run yeah. us out of the gym, right? Yeah.
1: And our kids Very well. and our kids rally. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. And still to this day, when I go visit my parents in Oakland, and then I'll go down to Jamtown or something like that. One of the coaches is always like, Man, you got your boys here? Yeah. And they're just like, laugh said, No, man, I'm just in town. So I just wanted to check out some basketball. And they're always like, man, you got to bring those guys back out here. They said, man, I still don't know how you held the soldiers to under 70 points. Yeah. I said, I knew we couldn't score 70 or 80. So why am I going to let them score 70 or 80 and automatically give up? Yeah. Just slow the pace down. That's what I always say. Either we're going to run you out the gym. We can be UNLV or we can be BYU. Yeah. And that's the way I like it. Yeah. We can play you super fast if we're just better. And we can slow you down and play smart. Yeah. And that's what we did with the soldiers. We were just smart. At the end of the day, four kids at 6'3", and our tallest guy is 5'9". <laughs> yeah. And they got one too many offensive boards, and they won. Yeah. Good team. Um,
0: all right. I, I kind of skipped a bunch of the overseas stuff, but I got to ask you. So you played – And so kind of jumping back in there, you played some college ball. Correct. At at what point did you, I mean, were you, did you still have your eyes on the NBA draft? I mean, was that.
1: I didn't make it out of college. Okay. When I went to college, I played two seasons. So I played as a freshman and I played a lot as a sophomore. And then I ended up tearing my Achilles tendon. Oh. So I popped my Achilles tendon. My dad told me not to come home. Wow. Wow. But when I got hurt, I found out how much I really didn't like school. Okay. I I was just at school to play basketball. Yeah. And once that happened, I told my dad I needed to come home so I could have my surgery. And he told me don't because I'll never go back to school. And I told him, yes, I will. So I bartered my way back in. Uh-huh. Didn't go back. Played in a few men's leagues. Played in the San Francisco Pro-Am at Keysar and all the places over there in San Francisco. Had a couple offers on the table from different Agents from overseas and things of that nature. Recruiters, not really agents, but recruiters from overseas. Nothing ever came through. Mm. And then um, a guy came up to me and was talking about Australia. And I told him, what you going to do? Give me your card, take my number, and never call me like everybody else. Yeah. And he said, no, I'm I'm serious. And about two weeks later, he asked me, did I have an agent? And told him no. And he said, well you might want to get somebody that can read paperwork. Wow. So I told him, okay. He sent plane tickets for myself and my father. I have an uncle who's fairly smart, and they went out there with me and read through the paperwork. I stayed in Australia for a year. Did you really? I went over to the Philippines for a couple years and played there. Um, And at that time, the U.S. national team, the Dream Team, was coming around and – the original dream team popped in for a couple of scrimmages out there. In the Philippines? Was, yeah. And it was fun. Man. Well, okay. So you all right,
0: got good stories there. Uh, you were telling me before, I loved when you were saying that's when you kind of realized they're
1: the dream team for a reason. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I could look at a game right now on TV and still think to myself that at 25, I could have stayed in front of you. Yeah. And I can always flash back to when I was 24, and I couldn't stay in front of John Stockton.
0: Okay, <laughs> All right. I, mean, I, I grew up in Utah, a Utah Jazz fan, so I mean, even I was like, I think I could hang with John yeah. Stockton, right? No. What were some of the things you remember about like scrimmage in the dream team?
1: Um, precision. Oh. They are while you're playing checkers, they are legitimately playing chess. Yeah. It's it's the difference between a bicycle and a car. You might be the nicest bike in the world. You could be Lance Armstrong riding. Yeah. You still will not be the car in the Tour de France. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where we were. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was always one pass faster, one hesitation move with a with a crossover move that was one thought sooner. Uh-huh. Just I mean, everything at that level is just so much faster than you can even imagine. Even going to a game and looking at the game, you can't see the actual speed because the other guy he's going against is that same talent. Gotcha. Yeah. You go out there, like you're looking at all of the A pluses versus the A's. But we're talking about the A pluses and the A's against the B. Mm. And it's like, man, like, I, I tell everybody all the time, Kwame Brown can go to the men's league and play in the top division and get 35. Okay. Kwame Brown, former number one pick that right. is considered a bust, right. right? He is playing in the big three right now. Is he? Yeah. Okay. He's playing in the big three. But he can go at the top men's league anywhere on this planet and go he's get 35. Dominated. And dominate. Man. Yeah. Who? Okay got to forgive
0: me, I got ADD, right? So my mind just went to, holy cow, what happened yesterday? LeBron <laughs> goes to the Lakers. Right.
1: What do you think? I like it. Yeah. I mean, you have a guy there that legitimately makes you a playoff team now. Mm. I thought, well, I think LeBron knows something. Okay. I really think Kawhi is going there next year. Okay. I think they're going to wait till next year just because they don't want to have to give up the young talent to get him this year. Uh And I think Kawhi and LeBron have had their talk and it's a sworn secret between those two because magic can't know because that's tampering. Right. I think it's a sworn secret between those two. I really think that's why LeBron signed there. And I think it was out of Paul George and Kawhi. Paul George could have came for free Uh and would have got the max deal. He decided to stay. Kawhi is next in line. So I think Kawhi is going to do what Paul George was trying to do. But I think regardless to where he goes, and I'm going to say this with a caveat, unless one. it's Boston. Oh, OK. Because I think if he goes to Boston, yeah, he's going to stay there. OK, because if I was him, I would stay in Boston because I'm I still on. think the Lakers are a piece Away, even with Kawhi, yeah. to beat
0: at least the Warriors. I'm gonna, I'm gonna isolate this clip. It's gonna be put out there, right? And uh, you'll, will, you'll will like now you'll be an analyst after people <laughs> who you nail this thing down, yes, <laughs> yeah, right? Um, all right, I had you for over an hour, but I still want to go with the uh, couple more things really quick. Okay. Any or uh, playing overseas? What I always hear these stories about in Europe where they're, you know, they're throwing batteries at you, and the AC doesn't work
1: in the gym, or was that the experience? It's, it is high class. of the time when you're in the NBA, you're high class plus some you're in the Ritz Mm -hmm. for overseas. You're at a really nice hotel. Okay. Um, The fans. Yes. And I mean, it's they have football fans or soccer fans at the basketball game. Okay. You got to enjoy it though. Yeah. There's nothing more still to this day. As a rec league coach and an AAU coach, there is nothing better than me walking in the gym and seeing a coach or a parent or a kid on the other team that don't like me. Really? Okay. There's nothing better than that. Yeah. How come? I don't know. <laughs> I just Because if you don't like me, yeah, obviously I'm doing something right. Okay. Because I like all the teams that I beat. Yeah. I don't like any of the teams that I lose to. Okay. Right. So that means that, yeah, they, they're like, okay, here comes this team here comes
0: that coach. Mm -hmm. And then I go back, not trying to go back to, you know, but then is that, do you, you know, when you bring these, according to this dad, Lily white kids from Roseville in, I mean, is there a little bit of extra, okay, this is kind of fun. You know, when you do beat up on some of these teams,
1: I laugh every time. Okay. And, you know, just going back to this weekend, a trainer that was at our facility saw us over at the other gym and he saw the other kids warming up. And he asked me, he said, coach, how many do you have? And I said, man, we only have five. He was like, man, I'm looking at the way these guys warming up sooner or later in this game, they're going to realize that they are in a basketball game. Okay. Game started off in two and a half minutes, 11, nothing us. Okay. I said, well, they've noticed it a little sooner than I expected, <laughs> but yeah, they know they're in the game now. Yeah. Yeah. And they couldn't recover from it.
0: Yeah. So so do you see overall, do you see AAU, um, any changes made? So Commissioner uh, uh, Silver was talking about, what was he trying to do? He wants to go down and overhaul the AAU program or the, I mean, was that just talk?
1: I think it's talk. I think Commissioner Silver is doing what he should be doing. Uh If anything, I think these organizations In the AAU, I think the AAU person's heads should come together and really get something together to stop all of these different holdbacks and these age restrictions that are being done that are making the game unfair and really get some good coaches in there. Like my biggest thing about being an AAU coach is I enjoy coaching basketball if I can get five ants to run a play Mm -hmm. and shoot a ball I would coach them yeah (laughs) it doesn't matter to me if we win or lose because at the end of the day if I was to apply for a high school job yeah nobody cares what my AAU record is yeah nobody cares they want to know what have you done in high school or middle school or something they don't care what you did in the AU basketball because that doesn't prove. And we see it a lot. A lot of those coaches can't coach; they just recruit kids. Mm-hmm. I get the kick out of seeing my kids get better. Yeah, and running and play. play together. And I
0: love nothing I love more than uh, watching our kids break a press because oh, yeah. they slow down. Mm-hmm. They the you've got them to the point where they act like they don't even care who's in front of them. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Right, and they're breaking that press.
1: Yeah. Matter of fact, when we see
0: people press us, we're like, "Thank you, right. press
1: us." Yeah. Right. Make us play at our speed that we want to play at, but we're going to make you take your press off while we're doing it. Yeah. Because once you get three or four easy buckets, you have to try to figure out something else. And most AAU teams are based upon athletics, so they want to press you Mm -hmm. to get you rattled, Mm -hmm. to score 10 or 12 points real fast, and then you're intimidated. Yeah. If you can break their press and then you make them have to go set up in half court, you've done half the battle. Uh I just realized I, I hope this
0: podcast doesn't get you coaches somewhere else. You get you know snagged, you're I'm scooped not, up, right? I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> um a couple other things I thought about. You've also coached girls. Yes. What what's the difference between coaching girls and boys?
1: Um girls and boys are different because, and this is the 90%ers. Okay. 90% of girls, if you tell them hey, go stand on the block and wait for the ball to come for you. You could leave and come back tomorrow, and she will stand on that block and wait for the ball to come to her. Okay. You tell a boy, hey, go stand on that block and wait for the ball to come to you. He's going to wait and count to, like, seven or eight, and he's going to run to the three-point line and be like, man, I'm open. Okay, That's the difference. Okay, yeah. That's the total difference. A, a a girl player, I'm just talking about the 90 percenters, Yeah are very disciplined or disciplined or instruction ready okay so you can tell a girl hey go here stand to the count of 5 run over there set a screen if she doesn't come run to the other side and do that you tell a boy to do that he's going to find the basketball yeah you can say hey stay here for 5 seconds if the ball doesn't come run across here and set a- he'll tell you immediately mm-hmm. Coach, I waited five seconds. You didn't even get there. Yeah. And that guy wasn't coming for the screen. Like, he has every reason or every excuse in the book to want to go get the basketball. Right, right. And that that's the hardest part about coaching the boys, but that is the part that I like more than anything. Okay. Um, okay, random couple things
0: before we're done. Shoes. Coach, you like shoes? Only a few. <laughs> <laughs> you told me one time you don't talk about the number, right? your wife won't
1: let you talk about no it? i only talk about them per year <laughs> i count shoes from october to october okay um last october there was 86 pair Dang. from october to october okay right now i'm at around 50 so i'm doing a lot better <laughs> All right. you know i'm a therapist right like we never talked about this you know do we need to have intervention i might okay i might <laughs> But like I tell people, I don't have a problem because when you have a problem, that means you can't afford it. Right. Exactly. My mortgage is always paid. My bills are always paid. Yeah. I always have extra money because I'm still coaching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that means you have to have, have some money coming yeah, exactly. back to you somewhere. And you could quit anytime. Yeah. So see, it's not an issue. Sure. <laughs> right. Exactly. Sure. Uh, <laughs> um, anything else you want to throw in, Coach? No, man. Uh I just love it. And part of coaching is what I do want to say is I have a very supportive wife. Mm. Yeah, you do. And she is the one that kind of keeps me sane, especially the time period where I said I was blind. Yeah, She drove me to every practice, whether it be two times a week, three times a week, every game on Friday nights for rec. Saturdays and Sundays for tournaments, Um, and never complained. She would get up in the morning at 4.30, head to work, come home at 2.30, change her clothes, we'll be out the house at 3.30. We wouldn't get home Wednesday night until 10. She would go to sleep, get back up, go to work on Thursday, and be ready for basketball games on Friday nights and Saturdays. She knew how much I meant to you, right? Yeah, she she's she's good was she uh she a basketball fan before you met her no okay she doesn't have a competitive bone in her body she She used to get mad at me we would be playing clue (laughs) at my parents house yeah and my daughter was a lot younger at the time And I would look at kind of where she was marking her page at, and I would kind of try and see if I could mark it in the same spot and try to eliminate that person so I could do something. Yeah. She was like, you always cheating about something. I don't know why you just can't play like everybody else. I said, hey, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. (laughs)
0: okay i appreciate you coming on i appreciate you having me. we're heading to uh san diego here in about a week or so um california state games qualified the opening ceremonies everybody's excited uh if you are uh interested in helping out we could use some donations there'll be a link on the show notes of the podcast um all the proceeds go to help bring kids down there and um I, I kind of said a steak dinner, but if it was, it'd be a cheap steak. Right. right. Yeah. Small, not, small. Okay? Is that very right? small. And like a, like a, like a, not a nice cut. No, no. Okay. All right. Coach Charles, what a pleasure. It's, I, I mean, okay, man, I should, it's my podcast. I should say, you've, I mean, you, I thought my kid was basically all he was going to do is keep backing up shooting threes until he was like shooting from, <laughs> you know, the other side of the court. Right. Right. Um, but man, you have taught that kid how to be tough, how to be disciplined. Um, okay. I have to tell you what I loved. So it's gotta be a little selfish here. We were in Reno, uh, right. Reno tournament. And, um, you know, my kid taking a couple of shots, he was, he was hurt a little bit. Yeah, and oh, He was hurt. He was hurt. He was hurt. Yeah. Back hamstring and a couple yeah, other things. He was hurt. And, uh, but then we make it to this championship game. Right. And the night before he had, he had said, he's like, I want to hit a game winner, you know? I'm like, yeah, that'd be nice, bro. I want to, I wish I would have hit one too, you know? <laughs> and uh, he's like, no, I want to hit one. And, and he's had a couple where he's hit a shot and then there's been some time left. Right. Then, you know, some, and he's like, I don't want one of those. I want one. I want buzzer I, beater, I you it know, over. I want it over. So we go into this, this, uh, this final game. We get down by what 14. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much the whole. And game. he like, did he undercut. There was something where he went down pretty hard. Right. Yeah. And the he, kid ran into his leg yeah, again. Yeah. So he was out for a little while. And we had a couple kids step up big, keep us in the game. And sure enough, what happens? 11 seconds left. I'm going to link this to, I got this thing on you. Right? Yeah. 11 seconds left. Uh, coach draws up a play and we're sitting over there thinking, holy cow, my kid's going to get a last second shot. Right? He wanted that thing so bad. So Gets the pass in there, comes off a nice screen, hits the shot. And I mean, I've never been more excited in my entire life. Right? I don't think I have. <laughs> right? You're jumping, I'm jumping. <laughs> and that's where I'm going with this. And look at my kid. He's just like, eh you yeah. know supposed to exactly right and then i loved it after i'm like jake do you get that that wasn't just a game winner that was a tournament winner and he was like yeah you know and i was like you know were you, weren't you like freaking out and he's like nah i kind of wanted that cool you know i wanted, I wanted to take cool <laughs> i was like well you did right you know yeah. yeah you played it off well oh man is that yeah yeah well, of course i was right man that
1: was supposed one of the great, to greatest times ever yeah and get it right yeah i didn't draw up a play okay because i have the same kids and i don't recruit yeah. That was just a basketball conversation. Nice. I don't use my clipboard anymore. Don't you? Me and the kids speak the same language. Yeah. I spoke to them a play. Yeah. But I didn't touch my clipboard not one time. Gosh, okay.
0: I already said I'm wrapping it up, but what, two other <laughs> things came to in mind. I love it at halftime. What do you do? You come over and walk over and talk to the parents. Yeah, because you guys are nervous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you coming you guys are okay. nervous. Okay. I never knew that you were doing that because you always come over so cool, right? Yeah. Where I was like, how do you go, Yeah, we good, right? You, know? yeah. you
1: guys are nervous, and yes. and I trust. Like I said earlier, we have leaders on our team, mm-hmm. and so I always pick two kids to talk to the team about the changes that we could make. I pick one guy who's been in the fire mower. Mm-hmm. And I pick one guy who's kind of sat on the bench a little bit more. I that. And I have them talk to the team about what they're seeing and what they're doing. And they're serious about it. I mean, I, you know, they do not they, mess around. And and I tried it for a little while when they were younger. And the reason why I found out that I could do it is because I would ask another kid that I didn't pick who went over there and ask them, what were they talking about? Mm. And they would give me the information. And it was almost spot on to what I would have said. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? They can handle halftime. That's nice. That is. Yeah. That is. Uh, I thought I had one more thought.
0: Now I just lost it. Um, all right, we're gonna go, we're gonna go win the goal California State game, San Diego. <laughs> we're going, right? <laughs> There's no other reason but to go there to win. Exactly. Yeah. So, coach, I appreciate you coming on. I think it was like building up that, yeah, no, you've taught my kid how to be tough, um, how to be, you know, speak up for himself, how to be accountable, how not to lose his cool, how not to, you know, back down from any challenge. I mean, you know, we were at a wedding this weekend, but from my understanding, he was playing the four, you know, he's like yep. and he's boxing out and he's mm-hmm. I mean, and he just he stayed in there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's
1: I, I appreciate it. And the, the other kid whose dad said that he was quiet to a fault, played the five. Dang. All game. <laughs> explain the father (laughs) all right all right coach charles hey pleasure
0: appreciate it right no man we appreciate it too and uh, we'll see you down there in san Diego.
1: yes sir all right all All right all right